book two chapter twenty of the mystical city of god volume two by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter twenty the presentation of the infant jesus in the temple and what happened on that occasion the sacred humanity of christ belonged to the eternal father not only because it was created like other beings but it was his special property by virtue of the hypostatic union with the person of the word for this person of the word being his only begotten son was engendered of his substance true god of true god nevertheless the eternal father had decreed that his son should be presented to him in the temple in mysterious compliance with the law of which christ our lord was the end romans chapter ten verse four it was established for no other purpose than that the just men of the old testament should perpetually sanctify and offer to the lord their first-born sons in the hope that one thus presented might prove to be the son of god and a child of the mother of the expected messiahs exodus chapter thirteen verse two according to our way of thinking his majesty acted like men who are apt to repeat and enjoy over and over again a thing that has caused them enjoyment for although the father understood and knew all things in his infinite wisdom he sought pleasure in the offering of the incarnate word which by so many titles already belonged to him this will of the eternal father which was conformable to that of his son in so far as he was god was known to the mother of life and of the human nature of the word for she saw that all his interior actions were in unison with the will of his eternal father full of this holy science the great princess passed the night before his presentation in the temple in divine colloquies speaking to the father she said my lord and god most high father of my lord a festive day for heaven and earth will that be in which i shall bring and offer to thee in thy holy temple the living host which is at the same time the treasure of thy divinity rich o oh my lord and god is this oblation and thou canst well pour forth in return for it thy mercies upon the human race pardoning the sinners that have turned from the straight path consoling the afflicted helping the needy enriching the poor succoring the weak enlightening the blind and meeting those who have strayed away this is my lord what i ask of thee in offering to thee thy only begotten who by thy merciful condescension is also my son if thou hast given him to me as a god i return him to thee as god and man his value is infinite and what i ask of thee is much less in opulence do i return to thy holy temple from which i departed poor and my soul shall magnify thee for ever because thy divine right hand has shown itself toward me so liberal and powerful on the next morning the son of heaven being now ready to issue from its purest dawning the virgin mary on whose arms he reclined and being about to rise up in full view of the world the heavenly lady having provided the turtle-dove and two candles wrapped him in swaddling clothes and betook herself with saint joseph from their lodging to the temple the holy angels who had come with them from bethlehem again formed a procession in corporeal and most beautiful forms just as has been said concerning the journey of the preceding day 
on this occasion however the holy spirits added many other hymns of the sweetest and most entrancing harmony in honour of the infant god which were heard only by the most pure mary besides the ten thousand who had formed the procession on the previous day innumerable others descended from heaven who accompanied by those that bore the shields of the holy name of jesus formed the guard of honour of the incarnate word on the occasion of his presentation these however were not in corporeal shapes and only the heavenly princess perceived their presence having arrived at the temple gate the most blessed mother was filled with new and exalted sentiments of devotion joining the other women she bowed and knelt to adore the lord in spirit and in truth in his holy temple and she presented herself before the exalted majesty of god with his son upon her arms john chapter four verse twenty three immediately she was immersed in an intellectual vision of the most holy trinity and she heard a voice issuing from the eternal father saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased matthew chapter twenty seven verse twenty saint joseph the most fortunate of men felt at the same time a new sweetness of the holy ghost which filled him with joy and divine light the holy high priest simeon moved by the holy ghost as explained in the preceding chapter also entered the temple at that time luke chapter two verse twenty seven approaching the place where the queen stood with the infant jesus in her arms she saw both mother and child enveloped in splendor and glory the prophetess anne who as the evangelist says had come at the same hour also saw mary and her infant surrounded by this wonderful light in the joy of their spirit both of them approached the queen of heaven and the priest received the infant jesus from her arms upon his hands raising up his eyes to heaven he offered him up to the eternal father pronouncing at the same time these words so full of mysteries now dost thou dismiss thy servant o lord according to thy word in peace because my eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all the peoples a light for the revelation of the gentiles and the glory of thy people israel luke chapter two verse twenty nine it was as if he had said now lord thou wilt release me from the bondage of this mortal body and let me go free and in peace for until now i have been detained in it by the hope of seeing thy promises fulfilled and by the desire of seeing thy only begotten made man now that my eyes have seen thy salvation the only begotten made man joined to our nature in order to give it eternal welfare according to the intention and eternal decree of thy infinite wisdom and mercy i shall enjoy true and secure peace now o lord thou hast prepared and placed before all mortals thy divine light that it may shine upon the world and that all who wish may enjoy it throughout the universe and derive therefrom guidance and salvation for this is the light which is revealed to the gentiles for the glory of thy chosen people of israel first letter of john chapter nine verse thirty two most holy mary and saint joseph heard this canticle of simeon wondering at the exalted revelation it contained the evangelist calls them in this place the parents of the divine infant for such they were in the estimation of the people who were present at this event simeon addressing himself to the most holy mother of the infant jesus then added 
behold this child is set for the fall and for the resurrection of many in israel and for a sign which shall be contradicted and thy own soul a sword shall pierce that out of many hearts thoughts may be revealed thus saint simeon and being a priest he gave his blessing to the happy parents of the child then also the prophetess anne acknowledged the incarnate word and full of the holy ghost she spoke of the mysteries of the messiahs to many who were expecting the redemption of israel by these two holy old people public testimony of the coming of the redeemer was given to the world at the moment when the priest simeon mentioned the sword and the sign of contradiction which were prophetical of the passion and death of the lord the child bowed its head thereby and by many interior acts of obedience jesus ratified the prophecy of the priest and accepted it as the sentence of the eternal father pronounced by his minister all this the loving mother noticed and understood she presently began to feel the sorrow predicted by simeon and thus in advance she was wounded by the sword of which she had thus been warned as in a mirror her spirit was made to see all the mysteries included in this prophecy how her most holy son was to be the stone of stumbling the perdition of the unbelievers and the salvation of the faithful the fall of the synagogue and the establishment of the church among the heathens she foresaw the triumph to be gained over the devils and over death but also that a great price was to be paid for it namely the frightful agony and death of the cross letter to the colossians chapter two verse fifteen she foresaw the boundless opposition and contradiction which the lord jesus was to sustain both personally and in his church john chapter fifteen verse twenty at the same time she also saw the glory and excellence of the predestined souls most holy mary knew it all and in the joy and sorrow of her most pure soul excited by the prophecies of simeon and these hidden mysteries she performed heroic acts of virtue all these sayings and happenings were indelibly impressed upon her memory and of all that she understood and experienced she forgot not the least iota at all times she looked upon her most holy son with such a living sorrow as we mere human creatures with hearts so full of ingratitude shall never be able to feel the holy spouse saint joseph was by these prophecies also made to see many of the mysteries of the redemption and of the labors and sufferings of jesus but the lord did not reveal them to him so copiously and openly as they were perceived and understood by his heavenly spouse for in him these revelations were to serve a different purpose and besides saint joseph was not to be an eye-witness of them during his mortal life the ceremony of the presentation thus being over the great lady kissed the hand of the priest and again asked his blessing the same she did also to anne her former teacher for her dignity as mother of god the highest possible to angels or men did not prevent her from these acts of deepest humility then in the company of saint joseph her spouse and of the fourteen thousand angels in procession she returned with the divine infant to her lodging they remained as i shall relate farther on for some days in jerusalem in order to satisfy their devotion and during that time she spoke a few times with the priest about the mysteries of the redemption and of the prophecies above mentioned although the words of the most prudent virgin mother were few measured and reserved they were also so weighty and full of wisdom that they filled the priest with wonder and excited in him the most exalted and the sweetest sentiments of joy in his soul 
The same happened also to the prophetess Anne. Both of them died in the Lord shortly afterwards. The Holy Family lodged at the expense of Simeon. During these days, the queen frequented the temple, and in it she was visited with many favors and consolations in recompense for the sorrow caused by the prophecies of the priest. In order to heighten their sweetness, her most holy son spoke to her on one of these days, saying, My dearest mother and my dove, dry up thy tears, and let thy purest heart be expanded, since it is the will of my father that I accept the death of the cross. I desire that thou be my companion in my labors and sufferings. I long to undergo them for the souls who are the works of my hands. Letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10 made according to my image and likeness, in order to make them partakers of my reign and of eternal life, in triumph over my enemies. Letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, verse 15. This is what thou thyself dost wish in union with me. The mother answered, O oh, my sweetest love and son of my womb, if my accompanying thee shall include not only the privilege of witnessing and pitying thy sufferings, but also of dying with thee, so much the greater will be my relief, for it will be a greater suffering for me to live while seeing thee die. In these exercises of love and compassion, she passed some days until St. Joseph was advised to fly into Egypt, as I shall relate in the following chapter. Instruction which the Most Holy Queen Mary gave me. My daughter, the doctrine and example contained in the foregoing chapter will teach thee to strive after the constancy and expansion of heart by which thou mayest prepare thyself to accept blessings and adversity, the sweet and the bitter with equanimity. O oh, dearest soul, how narrow and unwilling is the human heart toward that which is contrary and distasteful to its earthly inclinations, how it chafes in labors, how impatiently it meets them, how insufferable it deems all that is contrary to its desires, how persistently it forgets that its teacher and master has first accepted sufferings and has honored and sanctified them in his own person. It is a great shame, yea, a great boldness, on the part of the faithful, that they should abhor suffering, even after my most holy son did suffer for them, and when so many of the just, before his death, were led to embrace the cross solely by the hope that Christ would once suffer upon it, although they would never live to see it. And if this want of correspondence is so base in others, consider well, my dearest, how vile it would be in thee, who art so anxious to obtain the grace and the friendship of the Most High, who desirest to merit the name of a spouse and friend of God, who wishes to belong entirely to him, and that he belong entirely to thee, who wishes to be my disciple, and that I be thy teacher, who aspirest to follow and imitate me, as a faithful daughter her mother. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 All this must not result in mere sentiment and in empty words, or oft-repeated exclamations of, Lord, Lord. And, when the occasion of tasting the chalice and the cross of suffering is at hand, thou must not turn away in sorrow and affliction from the sufferings by which the sincerity of a loving and affectionate heart is to be tried. All this would be denying in your actions what you profess in your words, and it would be a swerving from the path of eternal life, for thou canst not follow Christ if thou refusest to embrace the cross and rejoice in it, 
nor shalt thou find me by any other way. Matthew chapter 8 verse 34 If creatures fail thee, if temptation or trouble assail thee, if the sorrows of death encompass thee. Psalm 17 verse 5 Thou must in no wise be disturbed or disheartened, since nothing displeases my most holy son or me more than placing a hindrance or misapplying the grace given by him for thy defense by misusing it and receiving it in vain thou yieldest great victory to the demon who glories much in having disturbed or subjected any soul that calls itself a disciple of christ and of me and having once brought thee to default in small things he will soon oppress thee in greater ones Confide then in the protection of the Most High, and press onward trusting in me. Full of this trust, whenever tribulation comes over thee, fervently exclaim, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Psalm 26, verse 1 He is my helper, why should I hesitate? I have a mother, a queen and mistress, who will assist me and take care of me in my affliction. In this security seek to preserve interior peace, and keep forever in thy view my works and my footsteps for thy imitation. Remember the sorrow which pierced my heart at the prophecies of Simeon, and how I remained in peace and tranquility without any sign of disturbance, although my heart and soul were transfixed by a sword of pain. In every event I sought motives for glorifying and adoring his admirable wisdom. If the transitory labors and sufferings are accepted, with joy and with serenity of heart, they spiritualize the creature, they elevate it and furnish it with a divine insight, by which the soul begins to esteem affliction at its proper value, and soon finds consolation, and the blessings of mortification and of freedom from disorderly passions. This is the teaching of the school of the Redeemer, hidden from those living in Babylon, and from those who love vanity. Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 I wish also that thou imitate me in respecting the priests and ministers of the Lord, who in the new law hold a much higher dignity than in the old, since the divine word has now united itself with human nature and become the eternal high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 109 verse 4 Listen to their words and instructions, as God requires, whose place they take. Consider the power and authority given them in the Gospels, where it is said, Who hears you hears me, who obeys you obeys me. Luke chapter 10 verse 16 Strive after the perfection they teach thee. Ponder and meditate without intermission upon that which my most holy son suffered, so that thy soul be a participant in his sorrows. Let the pious memory of his sufferings engender in thee such a disgust and abhorrence of all earthly pleasures, that thou despise and forget all that is visible, and instead follow the author of eternal life. End of chapter 20